0: I tell you what, we are called not just to survive, but we are called to be the light of the world, to impact the whole world around us. And we don't have to be people that are just, you know, holding our ground, but we are called to be the salt, to be the light, and to enjoy the journey along the way. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we, I've been sharing for a little while, about righteousness, peace, and joy. And I can't get off it because the more I study it and the more I look into it, the happier I get. Because we are truly called to begin to see the word of God as a divine invitation for us to respond to. Not just as memory verses for us to know and be able to quote, theology for us to be able to agree with, but actual divine invitations for us to live in and experience on a day-to-day, everyday uh, reality. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God, the Bible says, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is the kingdom that we've been called to. This is our privilege. And I want to share some more. Uh, on that with you today. But before I, I jump in, I want to just share uh, a verse that I was reading today in my own personal prayer time. I have my own own reading time, and then I also have my preparation time, and, and they're not always the same, but I've been, at the moment, I'm in Psalms, and I was looking at Psalm 32. It says this, Blessed is he, verse 1, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. As I was just reading that this morning, I decided to look it up. and because I don't want to just read stuff and, and go, okay, yeah, I've done my bit when we get to commune with God through the word of God reading the word of God it's an it's an invitation for us to really be fed it's daily bread that's supposed to bring us help and joy and comfort and encouragement hallelujah and um so i was looking at what this what does it mean to impute iniquity the lord does not impute iniquity we are privileged because as believers living in the new covenant the bible says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed it's like whoa That's the good news of the gospel in a nutshell wow The good news is that our sins have been forgiven. Our transgressions have been covered, thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, as though it never happened. Wow. But it doesn't just stop there. He says he's actually taken away our iniquities. He was bruised for our iniquities. Our iniquities, if you look in the Hebrew, means our crookedness. So he's taken away the very definition, the stain, and the smell of sin from our lives, and then you read that and you say, "Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven." Who would that be? That would be me. Hooray! Whose sin is covered? Hooray! Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. The word "impute" there means, and if you have a look in the um, in the Hebrew. The imputus, as, as uh, King James would say it, is actually uh, taken from a word that actually means to think, regard, or value. So in other words, the Lord doesn't think or regard or value. He doesn't judge you as iniquitous. He doesn't judge you and think about you and value you. He, his thoughts toward you are not, well, they're crooked, they're selfish, they're slothful, you know, as you look into the, the Hebrew of it, it. He doesn't think. About, look at you and, and have these negative feelings toward you and think, well, yeah, you know, I've got to love them because they've believed in my sons, so, but actually I feel this about them, you know. God doesn't look at us this way. And if you are believing on the Lord, if you have repented of your sin, if you look in the rest of that uh, psalm, it's beautiful. I didn't hide my iniquities from you. I confessed them. I acknowledged them, and you cleansed me. Hooray. Yay. And that's us. Hallelujah. When we acknowledge our sin before the Lord, he says, you don't have to bear it. Hallelujah. But then he says, I don't even impute iniquity toward you. This was his message to me this morning. I don't feel or judge or even think about you as somebody that is iniquitous. I don't think about you as someone that has any stain of sin on you. My thoughts toward you I don't impute iniquity. His thoughts toward us who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, uh, he looks at me he says, you are all together lovely. That's my happy thought for the day. I just thought I'd share it with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. When God looks at you, when he... Thinks about you. He's not thinking like I can't wait till they become better. He's not looking at them, thinking, looking at us and thinking, "Dear, you're annoying." <laughs> he doesn't just sort of bear with us, tolerate us, like you might perhaps tolerate a few people in your world. And we view God as though he were like us. And yet actually, as new creations now, we've got to view us (coughs) through the lens of who he is. He is amazing and he does not impute iniquity to those who have been redeemed. That is, he does not think about them as though they are twisted, ugly, somehow imperfect or less than or stained. Wow. Selah, pause and think about that. Have a think about the fact that God does not impute iniquity toward you. He doesn't think badly of you. He doesn't even, he doesn't think poorly of you in any way. When he thinks about you, his heart rejoices. In fact, the scripture tells us that he rejoices over you with singing. In fact, he actually twirls and dances with delight over you with singing, if you really want to look at it. The good news about God's a whole lot better than we've been led to believe. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. And the heart of the Father is that we would come back to the basic knowledge of the truth that sets us free. That we would have intimate relationship with Jesus, who is the truth. And we truly know it. And that we would be free and walk in that magnificent freedom. Knowing that we have been made righteous, hallelujah, by the blood of the Lamb, empowers us to walk and live and abide in the supernatural realm of Shalom. Peace, wellness, wholeness, complete, absolute, at rest, untroubledness. I don't know if that's a word, but I liked it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Believing that he doesn't impute iniquity to me. Believing that he loves me, he's forgiven me, he's taken away every stain, every smell. I don't even smell of smoke. I have been absolutely completely redeemed and when I truly start to believe it not just as a head knowledge but as a heart reality the righteous are as bold as a lion. It empowers me to walk and live in the supernatural realm of peace that he's called us into. Hallelujah. But we so often allow the wisdom of man or experience of life to color the reality of the kingdom. You know that I've been talking about how we can actually live in that place of supernatural peace. But often, you know, as we're dealing with our everyday worlds, in our everyday life, I shared previously that um, we can have emotions attached to things that we have to deal with. So say you've got a difficult circumstance and you have an emotion attached to having to deal with that circumstance. Often the emotion that was involved in having to deal with that circumstance lingers about and rolls around in your heart and can keep you feeling distressed or out of sorts or whatever it might be. But we, as the kingdom of uh, as as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, don't have to allow this stuff to continue to rob us of peace and joy. Amen. I want to show you some uh, scriptures. We looked at this before. Colossians chapter three, verse one. Says this: If then you were raised with Christ, was anybody raised with Christ? Oh. Those of you who haven't been, the Holy Spirit has great power to raise you up from the dead. And it's not just when your physical body dies, you get to be eternally alive the moment you are born again. Hallelujah. You have been crucified with Christ, raised up with him. You've been crucified, buried. Hallelujah. Raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. So he's saying, if you are one of them, if you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. That's a good place. That's in heaven. That's in the throne room. That's where Christ is sitting, at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Thank God. Catherine died. And now it's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. That is excellent news for my family. That's excellent news for everyone who knows me. Hallelujah. It's no, I've been set free from me. Hooray. And I get to walk in the reality of that, the freedom of that, moment by moment, uh, if I so choose. We've been given the power to choose between life and death. The Bible says, choose life. Hallelujah. We have a a ringing going on, um, a buzzing. Matthew chapter 10 verse 11 Now whatever city or town you enter inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out This is Matthew chapter 10 And when you go into a household greet it and if the household is worthy let your peace come upon it But if it's not worthy let your peace return to you And whatever you uh, and whoever will not receive you nor hear your words. When you depart from that house or city, shake the dust from your feet. It's a really interesting passage there. He says, when you go into a place, let your peace come upon it. But if they don't receive you, if they reject you, let your peace come back on you. You know, often we, I, I, my personality is I like to be liked. I, And I do try my best to live at peace with everybody. If somebody's not at peace with me, I do generally really pursue them to help them see that really, you should like me. (laughs) I, I try hard, I do, I try hard. But the reality is, sometimes, even with that, people will reject you. It happens. And the Bible says, actually, it 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 will happen. But He says, when it happens, you don't have to allow the emotion that you feel naturally when you are rejected to remain and roll around on the inside of you anymore. He says, let your peace come back on you. You don't have to go, oh, I can't be okay until this is, you know, until they accept me. He says, no, don't live like that. Let your peace come back on you. Oh, so well, never mind. Hallelujah. Moving on. Shake the dust off your feet. So it doesn't become a memory that's like, oh, it's so awful, yeah. Well, I've just come from this other place, and they think this, and they said this. and It's like, shake the dust off. It doesn't suit you. You are... Seated in heavenly places, you're called to live in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. They are thoughts that are not pure and lovely and of a good report. That's something that happened to you and you have no business in allowing it to dictate how you're going to feel. It's not worthy of robbing you of your peace. It says here... Um, And I realize it's talking about people here. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, that is, if they reject you, let your peace return to you. But you know, there are a lot of things that are not worthy of losing your peace over. A lot of circumstances that would try to steal your peace that are just not worthy. Like... You could have something happen, anything. And if you're allowing it to disturb you for more than a moment, you need to wake up and go, hang on, is that worthy of pulling me out of the supernatural peace I'm called to live in? We need to be stewards of our hearts and minds because it's out of the abundance of a heart the mouth speaks. And if you're still dealing with the rejection that you felt yesterday, two days ago, a month, a week ago, then when you start talking to people, that's going to come out of your mouth and it's not pleasant. It's not edifying. It's not helpful. But the Holy Spirit's shown us how we can deal with it. He goes, yeah, no. Don't even let it bother you. Just let your peace come back on you. Let's go, okay, moving on, shaking off the dust and hallelujah, hallelujah. I get to con- remain in peace regardless of the circumstance. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let your peace return to you. Um it says here you know, that we are called as we read in Colossians to set our minds on things above, not on things of the earth. It's a choice that we get to make. It's an instruction that the Lord gives us. He doesn't say, "It's a good idea to do this." He goes, this is an instruction. Set your mind. You have power to set your thoughts on whatever you so choose. It's a little bit like, you know, if you've ever been overseas and you've walked through a market where everyone's trying to sell you stuff and they're they're like, Missy, 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 Missy. That's what they say to me. Missy, 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 Missy. And everyone's trying to show you the stuff. Missy, 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 Missy. And, um, you have to make a choice that you're not going to stop and look at everything. In the same way, every day, the world, circumstances, and the devil are trying to get your attention. Say, hey, missy, missy, missy. They're trying to say, hey, looky, looky, looky. Look at this. Look at this. You should think about this. Oh, think about that. Oh, what about this? And you have a choice whether you set your mind on the things of the earth or whether you choose to set it on things above where Christ is seated. Yes. <sighs> it's like thought comes, thought comes. You have to go, no, 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 yes. I have that one. That's a happy thought. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, yes. It doesn't say thoughts won't come. It doesn't say that you're a wretched, terrible, pathetic person because you're having thoughts. Temptations come. Your power is not to accept them and go, yeah, no, no, and not go. Oh my goodness, I'm having that thought. Is it? No, don't. Just like no, nah. no, no, yeah. I'll replace it with something that's pure and lovely and of a good report. That's why he says we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We need to think of things that make us, make our hearts go, Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's a happy thought. Oh, I give you thanks for that. Oh, thanks, Jesus. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. And we have, we have this choice and it is important and necessary if we are going to fulfill our mandate as the light of the world because these thoughts are not just meant to steal your own personal peace it is meant to try and hinder you from arising and shining and walking as the glorious uh, sent out ones hallelujah he wants to hinder and limit you but the lord wants us to walk in freedom it's for freedom we've been set free so we actually have to embrace it and deliberately choose it is that thought freeing or is it going to be something that's going to put hooks in me and have me you know go down the track of yeah no I'm not going there you have to quickly recognize it one thought can lead to another thought can lead to another thought and before you know it you're in this place where you're all upset and frustrated And think, hang on, why am I even here? No. No, I'm choosing to set today. Now, I shared a a little while ago that I was in prayer, um, at the prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago. And we were worshipping and praying. And when I go to worship, it's like, oh, I love it here. Thank you, God. In your presence there's fullness of joy. In your light, I see light. You know that space where you start to worship and you go, oh, yes, this is wonderful. Anybody know that place? And that place, I had a bit of a revelation that night. It's not something that I didn't know theologically, but I began to understand it in a deeper level in my heart that night. It's all the things of my life going on at that time. I didn't have to try and make it line up with what was happening there. I just didn't even have to live in it. I can just live up there and deal with down here as need be and then just live in here. And it sounds simple, but it is simple. And it's powerful and it's human religion and human reasoning that's made it complicated. We have been set free from sin we have been set free from ourselves it's no longer we who lives we've been delivered up into a place where we are seated in heavenly places where we can set our minds on things above we can walk in a peace that passes understanding and yet the enemy would try to have us believe that we have to deal with all the, the emotions and the thoughts. And, and we have to try and, and, and live in there. And occasionally we can escape into a place where we have peace. The Bible says, though, that uh, if you have a look in John chapter 15, he says, verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it will be done for you. This word abiding... This place of abiding in him is not something that we have to strive and try and do. I'm trying to abide. I'm trying to abide. Now, sometimes we can develop a mentality and unconsciously live with an emotional belief that somehow, you know, God is not entirely pleased with us. Because we are judging ourselves as, well, you know, God, I could be doing better and I'm not. And I could have spent more time and I didn't. So we unconsciously uh, can get this view of ourselves that, you know, I'm really, really, Lord, you know, just sort of really haven't been giving my all like I should. And even when you recognize it and, and repent, you can still feel bad and, and live in a place of condemnation where it's like I'm just always feeling a little bit like I'm just never quite as spiritual as the next person. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Where we can just live with this. This emotion that, that rumbles around on the inside, even when you know theologically the good things. But this emotion rumbles around on the inside because you're judging yourself as really not, not trying hard enough. There's always more you can do. And, and condemnation will have a field day if you'll give it a, just even a little open door. And, and so you can unconsciously live in a place where you are not experiencing the fullness of supernatural peace. Because somehow you are believing this lie that one day maybe if I would, if I'm doing well, then I have the right to be in peace. But if I'm not doing well, then, you know, if I'm not trying hard enough, then really I, I don't deserve to hear the voice of God and to live in that place of magnificent peace. But that is orphan mentality, that if I do well enough, I'll be accepted. Whereas in the kingdom, hallelujah, if I am accepted and I believe it and know it, I will produce much fruit. But we try to get it the other way around. If I can produce much fruit, if I can do well, then I can deserve the right to be in that happy place. I'll give myself permission to feel loved. You might not consciously know you're doing it, but I believe that many, many Christians live this way. Or is it just me? A lot of people get trapped into believing this lie when the Holy Spirit wants to reveal the truth that you have been adopted, you have been accepted, your iniquities are not imputed to you. You are loved and you are free at any moment just to enjoy supernatural peace, supernatural joy. And you don't have to be worried about all the stuff. You can just come. And if you start to believe that and start to access that freedom, the Bible says that is what abiding in him looks like. We abide in him by faith. We've got to have faith that this is how he feels about us. Because if we start to believe that, then we'll start to have the love of God, which passes knowledge, break down the walls and cause us to become so rooted and grounded in him that faith gets released and we start to believe that all things are possible. Hallelujah. Faith works by love. But if we're not actively By faith, engaging in this reality that hey, I really, really, really am loved, even when I am not doing a hundred percent. I am still absolutely loved and accepted. It's like it doesn't make sense to human reasoning, but God knows what He's doing. He wants you to know that you are enjoyed that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you belong, you are free, you are safe, and you haven't had to earn it. Hallelujah. This isn't a mentality that will cause you to become lazy or, or sinful. It's a place where you start to believe that you will produce much fruit. Another scripture backs that up. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. And all these things will be added to you. You abide in him, you'll produce much fruit. If you seek that place, a happy place where I'm free, hallelujah. He says, if you'll just go there, live there, make that your highest pursuit and not be distracted by all the other things that are on offer, you'll produce much fruit. I mean, it's just fantastic news. It's glorious, and yet we've muddied the waters with our human reasoning and our religious ideas. I want to invite you, step on up. The air is clear and the, the wine of God is magnificent. It brings joy and delight to your heart. His face to you as he looks at you is shining at you. He makes his face shine on you. He's gracious to you. He's happy to see you every time you come, even if you haven't been doing as well as you think you could or should. If you present yourself, go, you I am He's like ha ah, come here I love you And in that place if you will learn to live in it I mean it's it's scary to a religious mindset to actually let yourself believe that stuff. It's just like oh but what's gonna make me perform? What is going to motivate me to perform if I'm just already accepted before I performed? That's orphan thinking. I'll tell you what's going to make you motivated to perform. You'll be so free and so loved that you can't help but produce much fruit. You'll be filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. And you'll be looking at people and going... Oh, such as I have, give I thee. You'll be so aware of the love that you've received and the, the goodness of God, of the power of God, the supernatural peace, that you won't be looking at people and thinking, I don't have time for that. Oh, I'm this. You'll be like, I'm happy. I am full. I'm overflowing. Let me love you because as he is, so am I in this world. It is my good pleasure to manifest his goodness. And I'm not doing it to try and earn a place in the Father's heart. I'm doing it out of the overflow of being seated in heavenly places with Christ at the right hand of the Father. Ah, Preach myself happy, hey? Good stuff. Philippians chapter 4 says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true... Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just. This is verse 8. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is another command. Are we blessed God's commands? Seek to live in a place of delight and peace and think about things that are praiseworthy and wonderful, noble. It's like, (laughs) yes, the commands are sweet to me. Hallelujah. If there's any of these things, think on these things. Meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. So he wants you to think about the good things, the pure things, the praiseworthy things, the noble things, and he wants you to do the things that you've learned. And as you think on these things and do the things you've learned, the peace of God will be with you. You know, if you are not living righteously and you are choosing sin continually, it's a reality that you're not going to feel supernatural peace because you will be experienced guilt. Guilt shows you that's a bad thing. I shouldn't do that. We deal with guilt by recognizing, oh, yuck, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't do that. That's not for me to watch. That's not for me to, yuck. So thank you, God. <sighs> that steals me. That robs from me the peace of God. He says, meditate on these things. These things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. If you're meditating on a besetting sin that you are enjoying and don't want to give up, don't expect that you're going to walk in the fullness of peace. But if instead you swap it to meditate on things that are good and pleasing and noble and praiseworthy and lovely, ah, I get to walk in peace. Hallelujah. If you're wrestling with something that you know you shouldn't be doing, just give it up. It's just not worthy of having your peace. We are called to live in life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. I, my advice to you, if you are wrestling, ah, just give up. Just give it up. Just go, no, I'm no, why would I bother? Why would I bother hanging on to something that is making me uncomfortable and, and stealing my peace? If, if you're messing with something that just doesn't feel right, give it up. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wonderful Jesus. He is faithful and he is kind and he is smarter than you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. <laughs> it says this on uh, in first Peter chapter three, verse ten. For he who would love life and see good days anybody here? Yeah. He who would love life and see good days, that means pay attention. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God says we need to pursue peace. Actually deliberately go after it. Pursue it. Set your mind on things above. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, Think on these things. Meditate on these things. These are all uh, choices that we can make. We've been given freedom to choose these things. And we've got to make it our deliberate choice to pursue peace. To go, thank you, God. This is what I want. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule you. In your heart. Let it rule. If you've been told to let something rule, it means it's in your power to do it. You have power to either let peace rule in your heart or to let all the emotions of all the stuff that's going on around you rule in your heart. Pick. You get to choose. But he says, let peace rule. Let it be the ruler in your heart. What's ruling you today? What's ruling your heart today? Is it it circumstances that are going on in your life? Are you allowing those emotions to rob you? Are they worthy of robbing you of your peace? No, let let your peace come back on you. Come back into that place of, oh, thank you, God. It doesn't mean that we don't deal with issues and situations. But we deal with it from the place of ruling and reigning with him out of a place of supernatural peace. We deal with situations and then we refuse to allow the emotions to keep us in there. We get to let the peace of God come back on us. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. This is good preaching. Thank you, Jesus. I'll read it to you. It's here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. He's so demanding. God, let peace rule in your heart. Be thankful. He says all of these things because he knows it's what you really, really want and what's going to be best for you. Allow peace to be the thing that is your thought. Ah, seek peace and pursue it seek righteousness peace and joy that's the kingdom Ah. deliberately by faith walk every day absolutely deliberately in the faith that god doesn't impute iniquity to me he doesn't see me as stained he sees me as clean thank you god walk deliberately by faith as the righteousness of god in christ let peace rule Make it the thing that you, the place where you live. I live in the shalom of God. I live in heavenly places with him. I choose today to let the atmosphere of where I am seated in heaven to be the umpire, the ruler of my emotions today. To be the ruler of my heart. It's really nice. You lie down and you can just go to sleep and... You wake up happy. Hallelujah. You can just go into that place and abide there. And then instead of your thoughts being occupied with rolling around all the emotions and the thoughts and the things and the circumstances and the da-da-da-da-da, trying to solve all the problems with your mind going over and over and over again, suddenly you discover you've got a whole lot of space in your mind to hear the thoughts of God. Oh. You know, we spend a lot of time mulling over and meditating on the things of the world. Meditating on all the things you have to do and meditating on all the problems and what might happen if and that, what if that happened. That's actually meditating on the things of the earth. Doesn't mean we're not meant to solve problems, but you can have a set time. I'm going to deal with this situation Oh Lord, what's your mind? What's your thought on this? Good. Write it down. Then let peace rule in your heart. Don't let the circumstance and the emotion and the robbery of the enemy to then come in and take rule in your hearts. Don't let it usurp the king On the inside, don't let it usurp your right as a prince, as a princess, as a royalty now seated in heavenly places. Don't let it usurp your divine right to walk continuously in supernatural peace. Hallelujah. It's wonderful when you start to actually do it. You start to have space to think God thoughts to dream God dreams, to have Holy Ghost initiatives that haven't come from your own heart, but from heaven. You get to enjoy his company, not out of your obligation and trying to please him and as another thing on your to-do list, but you get to enjoy him knowing I just get to do this. And you, and it, it shifts our mindsets. Instead of having that Another thing on my to-do list, oh, I didn't spend enough time with God. I need to spend more time with God. You're looking at it from a completely wrong perspective. You're already with him in heaven all the time. And when I spend quality time searching his word and talking to him, I'm not doing my dues and trying to get closer. I'm enjoying what I already have. And then you start to enjoy it more and more and then you just want to go there more and more and you want to talk more and more and it becomes so tasty to you that you lose the taste for other things. When you start to enjoy reading and studying the Bible... mm -hmm. Out of a place of, I'm not trying to find an answer, I'm not trying, just like, I get to just enjoy this because I've already got everything I need seated with you in heavenly places. Suddenly you've got the freedom to see what you need to hear. Hallelujah. Happy day. Do a little happy dance. Shakaba Sunday. We, wanted to, we want to abide in God. And when we start getting divine order in our worlds, in our lives, that is seeking first righteousness, peace and joy, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Ah, to, to think on these things, to believe these things and to do these things, then we get to walk in supernatural peace and the abundance of a joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. And able to be um, explored and enjoyed in, beyond what we've understood before. The heart of the Father is that we wouldn't be worried about stuff. We wouldn't live like other people. We are new creations. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 says this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. He's saying, you don't even need to worry about that stuff. Don't even bother. He says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I love God. Wow, what a wonderful command! He says, "Don't, don't worry. Don't be meditating on what you, you what you're needing and what needs to happen, and just stop that. Stop with that meditation." There's my happy thought. Ah, that's right. Seated in heavenly places. You begin to practice it, it becomes a glorious divine habit where you start to default to peace and joy. Where your response to every drama that the world tries to draw you into is praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you know that's low level stuff. I'm actually seated up here. I've been given power to, to have authority and deal with things. I've got the mind of Christ to be able to have solutions. I just need to ask my Father. And I don't need to go down there and get embroiled. I don't need to accept the invitation into the drama. This world is drama lots and lots of drama. And it keeps pulling you in. Come on, let's be in the drama. Let's talk to each other about the drama. Let's think about the drama, more drama, another drama, another drama. If there's not enough drama, read the newspaper. I'll tell you everybody else's drama. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. It doesn't mean we're divorced from, from, uh, not having to live in the world, but we have the privilege of not having to think like everybody else thinks. We don't have to get caught up into it. The moment you feel your heart being drawn into drama, just go, mm-mm, yeah, no. Nah. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Set, let, yes. They're my choices. I set my mind on things above. I let the peace of God rule. Mm-mm. Up there in the happy place. Shaka barahande. In the seat where I am seated in heavenly places with him. Mm. And the more the drama tries to ring the bells and say, come on, look over here, you have to go, mm, no, nah, no thanks. i sit up here. Hallelujah. This needs a solution. Father, what do you want to do? Okay, wonderful. Brilliant. But, 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 but. Mm, no. Hallelujah. And the Bible promises you if you choose that, when all the world is saying, no, you have to be worried, he says, you will produce much fruit and all of those things will be added to you. you got a choice. You can live like them. Or you can actually live like you're called to live. Supernatural peace. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. You are so good, God. I tell you this is real. It's real. I I have um I have increasing joy in discovering how real this really is. Hallelujah. It's available. It's what life and life more abundant it looks like. Hallelujah.